This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Crunchies, Every single dude, all the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to us. Hi friend, hi friend, hi friend. How are you? Jamie has a really good voice. Whenever oh I listen God. to the podcast, so stupid. I listen to it like uh, as it comes out. Me too. I started doing that. It's I really also really fun. liked our podcast last week. I oh, really I did laughed too. a lot. No, no. I was like, we did great. I always want to text you like, great job. I wanted to do that to you. And then I'm always driving and I'm like, it's fine. She knows. And Don't text like, and drive. No, you can't text and drive. But I always am thinking about it when I'm driving because that's when I listen to it. And then I'm like, I want to text Rose. And I'm like, oh, I can't text Rose. I have to like, just keep going. <laughs> I'm going to give Jamie a compliment. And oh, you can't, okay. You can't compliment me back. Just take it oh, and shit. have it. Okay. That's going to be hard for me, but I'll try. So I, Jamie and I live really close. We live blocks away from each other. And yes. I picked her and Skylar up. And Skylar lives close, too. Yes, we're all in the same hood. Yeah, we carpool coming to the podcast. And I picked her them up today. And uh, Jamie got in the car. And I looked over at her. And I was like, she has beautiful eyes. Oh, Just my God. Gorgeous. Uh, wow. Friend. Yeah, you're you're good looking. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, just oh, accept wow. it. I, okay, I Eat will. I am it. gonna slightly deflect it. Don't deflect it. A little. Just Don't let me de- have this. Oh, okay. Fine. Small. I I did start using Color a different. Contacts? No. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that my, my pupils are vertical, <laughs> like those creepy, like <laughs> the, the contacts they have at like costume stores? Um, no, I like Dracula eyes. But um, no, I I did start using this different. CC cream that my aunt sent me. What is CC cream? You say it like I know it. It's like essentially foundation, but a little lighter. It has like moisturizer in it. It's kind of like a tinted moisturizer, I would say. Who makes it? Well, a bunch of companies make it. Have you heard of like BB cream? For a while, it was like there's BB cream and then there's CC cream, and everyone was like, "What the? F- what is this like Never alphabetical nightmare? BB CC? Like I was like, I don't know. But anyways, this one's a CC. I don't know the difference between those two things, and I think it's like slightly dark for my face. 
So it makes you look really good. Okay, thanks. Because I was like, oh, does this look weird that I have this kind of like Tahitian glow? Like everyone Ross from looks Friends? good tan. Everyone. Okay, so maybe it's okay. But then when I was looking in the mirror, I was like, oh, my hands are like five shades light, five shades lighter than my face. So is this the way you deal with the compliment? Is then yeah, you have because to you were looking over at me. I noticed, and I was like, I bet it's because my foundation is no. like the wrong color for my skin. I was getting lost in your baby okay, green. Well, that's lovely to hear. Speaking of baby greens, Rose and I are both drinking matcha lattes today and i also got a matcha muffin a straight up green muffin so green muffin that's like basically it a salad really right it's probably really good for you it's no. that's definitely like equivalent it's like probably has a lot of bread. antioxidants no 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 let me believe yeah it's like green beer it's like a green donut <laughs> but i was like oh i bet it's healthy like there is that part of my brain that's like if it's green it's good for you it has like chlorophyll it's just like filled with the fill filled with the fill any hoosies, um, who were you this week? Um, well, not to be the same as I was last week, but, um, mm. you know, you guys are all going along my quote unquote hair journey. Yes. So as I said, my hair was thinning. I was seeing more of my scalp. So I decided to go to my cosmetic dermatologist and what was his name again? Mirazade. Mirazade. We love him. Arash Mirazade. He's like Ugh. a part of the family. Okay, Mirazade. Um, so last week I tried to get PRP, platelet-rich plasma thing, but I couldn't because I was on um, Chinese herbs. and oh, So you had to get off the herbs. Yeah, so I had to do a week without the herbs. So oh. then this week, uh, I think, was it Monday that I did it? I believe it was Monday. I don't remember. But this week, I'm a Samantha because she's always like dealing with her age and like trying to be like younger forever and... I guess me too. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but I went to Mirazade Day and I can handle pain. I've gotten laser waxing. I mean, I've done it all. So I thought that I could handle this. Um, they take they take your blood, blood, whatever. That's fine. Doesn't hurt at all. Ugh, the fact that you are so chill about having your blood drawn is like such hurt. an inspiration. I think it ruins. If I know it, I have a blood test coming up. I mean, I'm like shook for all the lead up. I mean, do you have real, tiny veins? Yes. That to tiny, not okay. only tiny, but like deep seated, like they're just not on the surface. So it's a lot of like tourniqueting, mm. a lot of Ouch. slapping. Ouchie. And then they like talk about it. They're like, oh, you have really deep veins. I'm like, thanks for the reminder. You're just letting me know that like a lot of poking and prodding is coming up. You're not going to get it in one try. There's no way. And then I usually tell them to take it from the hand. And even then they struggle. Ouch. Yeah, anyways, sorry to derail, but to no, anyone listening who, who deals with that, I don't have needle phobia. I'm okay, Botox, I can deal, plucking my eyebrows, Jamie's all a, the things you say. a cis, straight white woman, but her thin veins is her Yeah, they're super strong. No, 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 they're like... That's her identity. Yeah, they are the skinniest part of me. Um, But yeah, no, the, it's it's a it's a big issue. I get I have a lot of, like, trauma around having my blood drawn. So anyways, props to you for, like, Well, I probably would, too, that. but it's never hard for them to find. That's why so, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so I'm that so wasn't jealous. the hard part, but then... So they got the blood, then they take the blood, put it in a needle, and um, for like 10 or 15 minutes uh, are just uh, squirting your blood back into your scalp. Injecting it? Yeah. Okay. And, and that, how many different points? Is it all over the scalp? All over. Okay. 
Because and that, that hurt a lot? Really hurt. Wow. And the thing that was frustrating, and wow. I, I... I wouldn't think that would hurt. I don't know why. Really hurt. I know. I guess I've never had anything injected into my head. And I do acupuncture, reason. and this hurt much more. Wow. And I was talking to... And I love Maraza Day. I love Marilyn. I love all the girls that work there. But I asked them, I said, can you talk to me? Can you tell me a story just to get my mind off yeah. it? And they were both like, oh, well, <gasps> well you tell me a story. Oh, I was like, my no, I God. need you. And I asked her a bunch of questions. So what You're are like, you studying? Don't throw that ball back at me. But it was one of those things where it's like, I actually think next time I have to bring somebody who can just talk to me. Because can they not numb your scalp? Why don't they just put the cream on? Okay. Okay. So I said. Wrinkle. Was, There's a wrinkle to the story. It was so painful. And again, I can tolerate pain. I've gotten my fucking pussy waxed. Like sure. I, it's much, it's not much worse I than think that. that. Having, I think that Brazilian waxing is hands down or whatever, any kind of waxing, just even whatever, clean up around the bikini butthole. line. Yeah. yeah. Or butthole. I, it is the most painful thing in I think it's it's just like outpatient surgery. Yeah, it's it should awful. not be treated lightly. But it's anyways. probably not as painful as that. But the reason that it hurt is well, it's also you've never had anything injected in your fucking scalp before. Yeah, but if it wasn't painful, it wouldn't hurt. That's true. It hurts because your scalp is sensitive and there are areas like that are really sensitive. But the reason it hurts is it's not one and done. It's like it's 10 or 15 minutes Shit. like here or there. And you can't move. If you move, it'll fuck it up. <gasps> but I asked them when it was over. Because it was so painful. I was like, hey, so next time can yeah. I like take a couple Motrin or... Or they have the cream, the light... What is it? Lidocaine cream. And they're like, absolutely not. They're like, any pain stuff will stop it from working. Oh my God. They're like, you can't even take turmeric. Like nothing. Ah, this is a cruel, cruel world. And that's when I started crying because oh, I was like... Oh, Rose. Well, I was like, I've been taking Motrin all week. I take Motrin every day for my back. Oh and I said, did God. I just... Oh I just God. spent $1,100 and this oh is painful. Was this nothing? Like, did I just oh my God. waste my money and go oh through this painful God. thing? I was just crying. And they're like, no, you're fine. We would have noticed. Basically, if you had taken, you're only, for a week before, all you can take is Tylenol. You can't take Advil, Motrin, any kind of anti-inflammatory because it'll fuck up. It'll mess up the thing because it messes up your blood. But they said that I should be fine because when they prick your scalp and put this stuff in, if you've been taking like a lot of Advil or whatever, yeah. you'll bleed a lot. Oh, but I didn't, didn't at all. bleed so that, yeah. Like they'll ask it's blood people. Thinner. Yeah. Yeah. So right. they'll ask right. people, have you been doing this? And they yeah. didn't ask me. Okay. So they said, you'll be fine. I was just crying because Shit. I was like, this was expensive and it hurt. And if I did this for nothing, I'd be so upset. Mm. And they're like, no, you're fine. So sorry. How long does it take overall? Like how long does the okay. injecting period last? 15 so, minutes, you said? Maybe 10, 15 minutes. And I have to do it once a month for three months. So I did it January. Then I have to do it February. Then I have to do it March. And then I should see the full results in six months. Okay. And that's including also taking two, quick. two pills a day, two hair-rich vitamins called Viviscal Pro, and then doing these scalp drops, which are probably supposed to be like the best part of it. Ugh. So it's like this three-prong system. And then after... I only have to get the scalp, painful scalp thing once a year for upkeep. Okay, so that's... And Already, I, and I feel like it. my hair is looking better. <gasps> that's so exciting. Yeah, I don't know if it's filling out. I have a lot of high hopes for the procedure. Yeah. So listeners, if anyone has thinning hair, male or female, I'll let you know how it goes. And then after six months, I'm going to post a before and after picture. Great. This yeah. is great. It's a ton of money. I mean, it's $3,600, but... For the three treatments. Yeah, but for me, like, having thick hair and feeling like if I put my hair up, you don't, like, see a bunch of my scalp is, like, totally worth it. 
Yeah, I think it's great that there's a solution for it. I'm thrilled that there's a solution. It's amazing, for it. and it's and it's at a doctor's office. You you trust these people. Oh, I love them. Going to them a long time, and they wouldn't fuck me over if it didn't work. Right. They wouldn't tell me right. to do it. That's why I feel good about it because it's not like some like new LA trend that everyone's doing. It's like they, these are people that you actually trust who are telling you. It's, yeah, it works. And as with Botox and everything else we do, I like to share this as well as therapy and everything because guess what? I know I'm not the only person with all of our listeners whose hair is thinning. He's like, I have 20-year-olds who come in crying. Like, it happens at any age for any reason. 100%. Anyway, that's me. Who are you this week, dear? Oh, God. Well, um... I don't I don't have a like a harrowing medical journey, but uh, I did. It was Dan's a harrowing birthday. hair. Yes. Harrowing. Um, no, I, I it was Dan's birthday and um, I took him to I made a reservation at this place that every person was like, oh, my God, you Ooh. have not eaten fabulous food until you've gone to this restaurant. OK, it's Cheese Spaca, which is owned by the woman who owns Moza. Oh, great. Nancy Silverton. Well, she's amazing. Big fan of Moza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those of you outside of L.A., Moza is a pizza place in L.A. And they're it's I pretty they, delicious. It's delicious. But also she had a chef's table about her passion for Italian cooking and the way she makes her crust. She's known for her crust. That's like her big thing. And it is interesting because I've never been a big crust person. It's kind of like Love once crust. the cheese is gone, I'm like, I'm over it. But with hers, I look forward to finishing the other part of the pizza to get to the crust. So it's a real reversal. Anyways, point is, everyone's like, oh, my God. So she has a steak restaurant next to Moza. It's like you can't even see it. Like, it's oh, like I've the heard tiniest. of it. Okay, yeah. It's like there's, there's, a, a, there's a, a lore. A there's a, knife no, there's a lore around this place. Okay. Every person was like, like, if you bring it up, they're like, oh, don't even talk to me about it. Like, it's the most fabulous thing. So I was like, okay, fine. That's like where I'm going to take Dan for his birthday. Clearly, I have to like see what this place is about. And we go and we walk in. It's pretty casual. It definitely is one of those places. It's like, you know, their whole like gimmick is like, yeah, you can wear jeans here. But then everything's like a thousand dollars. And you're just like, what is this? And they play like cool music. It's like, you're not fooling me. Like, this is expensive. (laughs) So I was kind of digging the vibe. I liked that it wasn't sort of uppity and, you know, it's that fine dining vibe. You have to really be in the mood for it, I would say. I don't it's think- like millionaires and beanies being like, I'll yes. have the Barolo, yes. the 95 yes. Barolo. It's exactly that. A lot yeah. of sweater beanies. Um, yeah, a lot of tattered jeans. And like, you're not fooling me. I'm on like to you. Like joggers you that like money. actually look really good. Yes, totally. <laughs> I love yeah. all that. Yeah, definitely. Everyone has like a sneaker collection. Like, it. Ha- yeah. So anyways, and our waiter is super knowledgeable. Like, the, get like the most friendly amicable he just sounds like, great he was just a blast and so i was like sounds really, like a great vibe really feeling it i was like wow this is about to be like one of the best meals of Uh-oh. my life it was so deeply underwhelming i can't believe it deeply underwhelming i mean how was the food it was whatevs okay so we ordered it's a steakhouse primarily it's a steakhouse but there's definitely like an italian spin to it and you can get like the steak for two like the huge porterhouse that you would get at like a master's or something um or whatever, Peter Luger, what have you. Um, but then they also have like their regular menu. That's they have a couple of different types of steaks on that menu, smaller steaks. And they did the thing where they're like, you know, we recommend getting like two dishes from this part of the menu, and then like a bunch of sides and whatever. So we did the two dishes. We didn't do the full porterhouse. We did um, a wagyu steak and a short rib. It was like Korean short ribs. Um, and I was like really excited about it. And they were like describing the sauces it was going to be. And it was like stuff I'd never heard of. I was like, oh my God, this is about to like culinarily blow my brains out in the best way possible. And everything was just so underwhelming. And then it's like my husband's birthday and I don't want to be like, he, feel? he liked it because Good. he is also on a kick though, where he's like going to the gym a lot. He's all about the protein. He has his macros and like it was all protein. Good. So he was just satisfied on that level. But it was just kind of a letdown. Like 
it, it was so expensive and I am not one to I, I am definitely like very reckless when it comes to spending on food. I always pay way too much money. I'll Postmates shit that should cost $10 and it ends up being $50. Like I need to reel it in. But when I went there, I was like, this is this not is worth very it. disappointing. And their main feature, which was good, is this bread. It's called a focaccia something something. It's not focaccia bread like the thick kind. It's basically like um like matzah. Is that am yeah, I matzo. It? matzo? I was wanted to call it matzo. Did you forget that you're Jewish? I did for a split second. Don't well, I, mean, I was, I was dipping into Italy and she's baka. I just forgot who I was. But anyway, I was like kiss baka, but that's fine. Is it kiss baka? Well, I don't know. C H E. C H I. Oh, you're right. Key. Key. I've been saying chi. She's baka. She she's baka. She she's baka. Okay. Anyways, key baka. Key baka. Right. Spasa. I I believe. Steve Buscemi. I believe it'd be key, right? Because isn't it? A, <laughs> like, there's no way to the find Godfather. It, <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, anyways, Kichi, whatever. Um, sorry that I I should just figure it out. And, All the Italian listeners just. Well, it is annoying when someone's. Turned there it are definitely off. people listening, being like, "It's key or chi or whatever." Anyways, I just was like really excited about it, and then wait, who were you? Who does that make you? Oh, I definitely was. I feel like a carry. I felt a little like. Carrie and Big when they're like going on their dates around town. Remember they're like going to the jazz club. And they're always like like, really nice places. Yeah, they're always just kind of like whining and dining. Sometimes you just pay for the ambiance. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. I oh, anyways, I was talking about the focaccia. If you go if anyone listens and does go there, it is a good restaurant. It is really expensive. Is it worth it? I don't know. Especially for steak. I say go to a steakhouse. But the other thing I was gonna say is this bread is like the thing they're most known for, and it's like $35 for this thing of bread. And it it's matzo with like cheese kind of in the middle. And it was good, but I don't know. It just I, I guess my conclusion is just eating an L. I don't know. I don't think I've cracked the LA food scene. I think that the best thing that LA has is isn't cheap the fancy food. stuff. It's, it's the strip mall food. ethnic food. A hundred percent. And I've said that over and over and over. But and if I you keep, like it, then it's amazing. But I and I think it's incredible. But I keep trying to dip. I keep trying to kind of like make L.A. more like New York and like try these like, quote unquote, fabulous restaurants. They always disappoint. You, if you come to L.A., if you have to visit L.A. for any reason, anyone listening, she's such a hater. go to Thai town, go to Koreatown, you know, eat the tacos. What ha- I just I, I think food that's stay good in LA. away from the shishi bullshit restaurants. They are not worth it, in my opinion. That is my review. OK, guys. Wow. Damn, Gun, girl. Guns fired. Guys, we're only... Shots fired. Often we record two episodes and we're only recording one today. But yeah. I'm telling you, this this season gets... Oh, it gets... And these really fucking real. It gets really fucking real and it gets really real really fast. It's like boom, 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 boom. Like there's like a couple of episodes which we're about to get into one of them. Um, yeah, shit in gets rapid real. succession where you're just like... Ah, ah, ah. Like it's so intense. Two overall notes before we get into the episode. Please. Sarah Jessica Parker's body is fucking sick. Oh, my God. It's crazy. I've never worn like a halter top or anything that shows my stomach because I don't like that part of my body. And she wears them all the time. And in general, I actually think no matter what your abs look like, it's kind of tacky to wear like something that shows your tummy. I know what you mean. But she looks so fucking good that I'm like, girl, whatever you wear looks amazing. She wears like less clothes than I did in my 20s. She in wears her less 30s. clothes than I did when I was like ever. a naked baby. No, ever. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying like the way she dresses, it's like it's, it's not so even, sexy. It's so hot. No, she looks like hot sex all the time. So I feel she, like she's one of those people like her body's so 
it's just like it's meant to be seen yes. in this way where she probably feels like confined by clothes. It's like, it's like she would just wear like a bra and a thong if she could. And she would look incredible. Yeah, yeah she's got absolutely. that big hair and the hoops. Okay. Oh, and the second so thing is, yeah. and we'll probably talk about this throughout the episode. I again, I've said this before. I have not watched this show again and again and again, like a lot of other people. I've seen it a few times yes. and sometimes I recognize the episodes. But it is astounding to me this iconic show that we've all been watching and quoting from that has changed culture and the fact that the whole show is like big versus Aiden rewatching it now with you. It's astounding to me how little chemistry her and Aiden have. Yes. And how little time they spent on them. Like her and big, they did I like two and a half. Totally seasons. agree. You kind of don't care Aiden what happens. It feels to them. like a lot of time. Well, but I don't want to spoil for anyone we who's won't. listening the first time, but you know, he's not gone. No, he's not. But all I'm trying to say is, like, I feel so much less invested. Yeah. Like, I feel like, oh, when we talk about Big versus Aiden, like, obviously, it's Big a is, lot of show, don't tell. It's a lot of like, Aiden's great. Aiden's great. But we're not really tell, don't seeing, show. You mean? Yeah. Oh, what I say? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of it's tell, a lot don't of show. tell, don't show. Correct. Yeah. It's a lot of hearing how great he is, but not really. See, they don't really go on dates and they don't they really, never hang out. Really? I guess what's confusing to me, not confusing, but like. Everyone from outer space knows that Big is not good for Carrie, but I don't feel like we were presented with an option that is much better. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, that's all I'm going to no, say. No, I think that's a really that's a really astute point because, yeah, you're right. Like, And as you said it, that's when I realized it was tell, don't show. Yeah. I don't think I even noticed it watching it necessarily, but as you brought that up, I'm like, oh, yeah, we really haven't seen them. Like, I was just talking about in our first segment, I'm like, oh, yeah, like when Carrie and Big went on dates, and I'm like, oh, her and Aiden don't. They just have sex. They kind of just hang out at his apartment. Well, he doesn't or like to hers. fucking go anywhere. He's such a homebody outside of woodworking. He's just like always wanting to be home. And I feel and like she's not like that. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I feel like whenever they're talking, they're just talking about their relationship. They don't have banter. They don't like laugh no, at the same thing. That's things. so true. All they talk about is like, you're so good to me. What's wrong? But like, I don't see anything else. Like her and Big such like. A good point. Have the same sense of humor. They like to joke. Absolutely. They like to smoke and go yeah, out to fancy things. Yeah, you also know they're, you, they have a specific have dynamic. I totally agree. It's such a good point. I will say later on in the series, I do think we learn a little more about him. I honestly don't even remember. So I'll I learn as we go. I don't want to spoil it either. Yeah. So, okay. So today we are dissecting season three, episode 10, All or Nothing. Things kick off with Aiden and Carrie enjoying a little pre-night apart makeout. Carrie's on her way to Samantha's housewarming get-together at her new place, and Aiden's just going to have to entertain himself while she's away. As Carrie heads downtown, she keeps remembering, oh yeah, she cheated on Aiden with her married ex-boyfriend, Big. Flashes of their hot night together keep popping into her brain. Oh, Carrie, what did you do? Once Carrie gets there, Samantha's cracking champagne and singing the praises of home delivery. Oh, yes, it's just one of the many ways modern women can have it all. You can get DVDs delivered? I use this hot new home delivery service. You call them? Anything you want, they bring you within an hour. Anything? Mm. Last night, I ordered condoms. Please tell me you didn't fuck the delivery guy. No, John, the hot guy from the gym. And let me just say that the condoms came a lot faster than he did. <laughs> now, there's an ad slogan. Oh, ladies, let's just say it. We have it all. Great apartments, great jobs, great friends, great sex. We can have our baby quiche delivered and eat it, too. Exactly. At my age, my mother was saddled with three kids and a drunk husband. You just have three drunk friends. <laughs> By choice. <laughs> well, I think that having it all really means having someone special to share it with. 
Oh, please, that's so Barney. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. My life wasn't really complete until I met Trey. And Trey's mom is so great. Wait till you all meet her at this engagement party she's throwing for us. You will love her. You see us, Manhattan? We have it all! wish. I love that part. Me too. It's a I, very fun scene. It's a great scene. There's a lot happening. I will say, and I'm curious how you felt about this. I felt like I loved this scene. I felt really empowered watching this scene. I was like, oh, everything Samantha's saying is such a nice reminder that you can work really hard, have a great job, have an apartment, have great friends, have like a fabulous night where everyone comes over and it's enough. And I thought that was like a really nice thing as someone who like, I don't, you know, I don't have kids and I feel like I work really hard and all these things. I'm like, oh, that was a really nice message. And then it kind of bums me out that without getting ahead in, into the episode too much, it does bum me out that it kind of ends up not being that and that Samantha ends up being a little needy sort of to Charlotte's point of like, you need someone to share it with. And it kind of just, I wish that it had just stayed that perspective for for Samantha. I wish that she could have just been the friend that represented like having all these things is plenty. And then they sort of with the plot line of her getting sick, which we'll talk about in just a minute, I feel like they kind of subverted this they thing. They shut the bed a little? Yeah, well they no, they set it up to then knock it down and I wish it had just been like, no, like that's how Samantha feels and even when she's sick she feels that way. It's just a bummer that it's like, oh, she gets the flu and then she's like, I need a man to come over and make me soup or whatever and it's just like it's just kind of a bummer. I thought that was a bit of a bummer in the writing. I wish that they had just like stuck with that sentiment and not felt the need to subvert it. I hear you. Um, it was good for writing. It works. And it's yeah. like a sweet message, but it was still like, it just bothered me. I wish they had just kept it clean and not had that be the storyline for Samantha. One thing I was thinking when I listened to that conversation they were having is just thinking about how iconic this show is and how much it's affected culture. Mm -hmm. I wonder to myself, I don't know the answer. If anybody wants to deep dive and DM us, let us know. But what I thought to myself was, did they coin that whole can women have it all? Did that come from Sex and the City? Because there mm. are entire think pieces and weekends about workshops and things about can you have it all? Was that in the zeitgeist as a phrase before this or did this like it, start it? I feel like it was, but I don't I don't have like the evidence to back that up. But I don't I don't feel like this was the coining of that. I feel like so much of like even before she was directing like Nancy Myers is writing stuff That's around that time. Anything. Yeah, like like Baby Boom and like yeah, uh, like definitely definitely played with that dynamic. There were a bunch of movies around the time that were kind of about the modern woman balancing stuff. Yeah, I don't think this is like the he's just not that into you situation where it's like that came from this show. But I do feel like this is maybe the most clearly it's been summarized in like pop culture that I can think of. I don't remember a scene like this in another, you know, I think the the themes have been touched on, but I think she maybe summarized it like that more I think, clearly. I think to your point, it's a really nice reminder um i think i've talked about it with you either online or offline about the, the buddhist term hungry ghost yep. did we talk about it on yeah. the show yeah so it's exactly the opposite something that samantha's doing here that's nice it's saying can we just take a moment and be grateful to be grateful and and appreciate how much we have and that's something that all of us can do yeah um, and it's also a, a perspective we haven't really seen from samantha not that she complains she's she does always sort of seem satisfied honestly she seems like actually the probably the most present person on the show 
But I think it was a nice, it was just nice to hear it all verbalized in that way. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that you're right. I think she seems like the most, uh, the least tormented. Yes. Um, and the most satisfied with her life. And I think it is a nice. And some of that is a cover up, obviously. Yeah. We, we see cracks in the molding as we go. I mean, as far as this idea of can you have it all, I personally have like a lot of things in my brain when I think of that question. Mm. I don't know who said this. It's a famous person, but somebody says you can have it all, but not all at the same time. Mm. So that's a famous person who said it. And I think that means like, yeah, your career can do really well. And then like if you fall in love, like then maybe you need to like take some time to nurture sure. that. And like you can't. You can't hit all cylinders at, at the once. same time. I yes. think that is true. Yes. But I think you can go up and down. Like right now, I'm doing re really well with my friends. Right now, I'm doing really well with my career. Right now, I feel really romantic. Right now, I'm feeling great with my health. Like I think you can have moments of each. I don't think you can be hitting them all at once. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I like the sentiment of no matter where you're at in your life, being able to say, fuck, I'm really lucky. Cause a lot of, no matter what, there's always going to be something you don't have and that you want more of. And yeah. I think it's like a switch to look at your life instead of just looking at what you don't have to look at what you have. Yeah. I also appreciated that the whole, the whole backbone of this scene is that she just got a new, she's got a new apartment. She just moved downtown and she's like, I'm having people over. Like she's celebrating sort of, not that that's a non milestone, but it's not, it doesn't warrant a party necessarily. It's kind of like a more personal achievement. Maybe she, I don't know, especially because it's not a house. It's I like housewarming, apartment yeah, warming is totally legit. Yeah, a little bit. But I liked that it was just, I guess what I'm saying is it wasn't a housewarming. It was just a quick acknowledgement with a small group as opposed to like a big blowout having everybody she knows over. It was just kind of like, I want to make a party out of this moment with the people I care about. I thought that was like a very nice way to set the scene because I think Samantha's a busy person. She could easily like not celebrate that. Like she doesn't need to. She's like, whatever. I've been making money for a long time and I don't have to. But she's like taking the time to like appreciate this thing happening in her life. And I was like, I just thought it was a nice sort of backdrop that we haven't seen. This show's not very Buddhist. So I think it's it's nice when it has these moments. It hasn't been called Buddhist yet. Yeah, but maybe that ends today. But I do have to say, I think Jamie and I are getting to something together. You're helping me formulate my ideas on this, which I think is this show has so much going for it in terms of why we love it. Mm -hmm. And when she says, can you have it all? I have it all right now, because no matter what you do, what you look like, how much money you make, having people in your life who love you and are there for you and get you and you have fun with, that's having it all. That is the yeah. all that you can have. If yeah. you have that, you are rich. Like, yeah. And they have that. And that's right. really lucky. Right. And then we have Charlotte, though, being like, well, I think having it all means you have someone special to share it with, which she's implying a man. What do you man. think about that? Well, she's implying a man. Of course, she means because, having a romantic Because partner. like you just said, Samantha has her closest friends there. She's clearly like, I mean, I kind of am, you know, deducing this from one piece of dialogue, which is like she has like family. She's not that close to alcoholic. None dad. of them seem to. Yeah, no, they don't. They, they are. It's, it's a chosen, chosen family, family yeah. for sure. So I think that, yeah, I think that uh, it was just a bummer. I don't know. Charlotte's I get what Charlotte is saying. And I understand she's very focused. She 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 feels a hole in her life or had a hole in her life until she met Trey. And I think that. It's good to have that perspective represented because I think that it makes what Samantha's saying so much more powerful because she can sort of retaliate with like, what are you talking about? Like, we have people to spend it with. Like, 
we have we are sharing it with someone special. We are the someone special. I have mixed feelings because I think that Charlotte, the I think saying my life wasn't complete until I met this person, I think it can be viewed as um like unfeminist. But I also think that if you asked people, um, Skylar, I'm sure you feel like if Kristen wasn't in your life that it wouldn't be complete. Like I also think there is truth oh, to that. Oh yeah, 100%. I don't think yeah. I don't think I'm saying sorry, I'm not saying that if you, you I'm not saying that I guess what I'm saying is Charlotte does not seem like someone who is fulfilled at all no, until a man is in her yes, life. I agree. And I'm saying that it's interesting to have Samantha saying that that actually isn't the key to happiness. I agree. And I totally agree. Obviously, like we're in relationships. Like yeah. it, it does enrich your life. Yes. But yes. Charlotte feels like her life doesn't start yes. until she is validated by a man. No, I completely agree with you. And what I, I think what I'm trying, what I'm reflecting back to, to, to listeners, to myself, to you, is that Charlotte's a really tricky character. Yeah. Because a lot of the things she says is so unempowered. The tricky thing is, and it's a tricky thing about making media now right. and, you know, the Bechdel test and not being a feminist is that most people want partnership and most people Absolutely. in partnership are so happy that they have it. Yes. So it's yes. really tricky because I do think it's a fallacy to be like, all I need is my girls. Yeah. Because as we saw later and in real life, when you get sick, Dan's taking care of you, not yeah. me, not your friends. It's Dan. Yeah. And it's like. That is the role of your partner more than your friends, unless you have this insane, nearly codependent friendship. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> your true. partners do take care of you in a no, way that your friends I know. can't. I that's know. tricky because it's not a cool thing to say. It's not. Yeah. Well, that's people. why we love Charlotte, because Charlotte is kind of she's, she's, the, some real she's kind of the id. She's very she's just kind of saying how she feels. There's not a lot of. uh Yeah, I don't. She doesn't do a lot of deep dives. It's just sort of like a reactive attitude that she has through life. I think I just think that a lot of things that sound really empowering and cool, like I don't need a man, a man can't fulfill you. I think there's two sides to that. I just do. But that's why this is such a great scene. Yes, it's because it is. both because no one's really right or wrong. Yes. Agree. And that's why I, I mean, it's just what we're saying. It's why we love the show. It's like, they all are, they all are there for the, these women are the four quadrants of everybody's personality. Yes, you're right. And it's very interesting to see you know, one quadrant, like literally arguing with the other, but neither of them are incorrect. You're absolutely right. And it's interesting. And too, Samantha ends up kind of needing a dude, but I she know. also doesn't want to need a dude. And I understand that sort of push pull. I think that a lot of people feel that way. I think you really nailed it when you said that everyone loves having partners and yes. not, not everyone, whatever, that it, partners it, it enrich your life, enrich your life. Yes. But that to your point, I think the difference between being like, God, I'd love to have a partner and share my life or God, I, my partner really adds to my life is exactly what you said, that Charlotte feels like she's a zero and that her life is a empty desert yeah. unless a man is in it. That's very extreme and that is unhealthy. But it is interesting that on the show and I think in culture, the idea of needing or wanting a relationship is like Charlotte. It's dorky. It's considered pathetic and backwards. Yeah. And not needing a man is cool, like Samantha. Yeah, and but they're both they're both they're both idealistic. But I don't think that wanting someone is dorky and not 
I think everybody it's needs not. people. You know what well, I mean? I mean, humans are literally meant to pair up. Of like, course. Like, that's biological. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but Samantha, it's so uncool. It's so uncool, and we wish it wasn't that way, and we wish we could, like, think our way out of our needs, and sometimes you can't. Yes. And I, I, yeah, I still wish Samantha hadn't had the arc of, like, getting sick and, like, needing someone to take care of her. I don't know why. It just bothered me. I get you. I just wish they could have, like, let left that alone and made her storyline something else. I get else. you. No, it was it was a bump for me, too. There is, however, that one line after after the engagement party where it's just her, uh, Miranda and Carrie leaving, yeah. where she explains that her whole wanting a man was just coming from like being sick. Like she, she said she was like seeing yeah. polka dot spots. Like yeah. she knew she was in this altered state wanting yeah. that. And like, that was not Sam's character speaking. Right, that was right, Sam's right. sickness <laughs> so speaking. Samantha, Samantha's alter ego, sick Samantha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, because <laughs> while watching it, it was a total bump for me too. Yeah, I don't know why it was though, because I think everything we're saying is like, yeah, you want someone to take care of you. You're fucking sick and... It's very relatable, and it, it, I've definitely had that feeling before, and I, I've had that feeling of, like, wanting to be taken care of. I think it was just from the writing standpoint. I just didn't want her – I didn't want to see Samantha come around to Charlotte's point. For well, some reason, I just want – I'm always in a place where I want Charlotte to understand them. That's and a that's, really good point. That's maybe not correct. It, it's not right. No, but you're right But I always want Charlotte to, like, kind of learn more. That's really interesting. And you know what, Jamie? I think I finally get what you mean because then – if Samantha, as she does in this episode, comes around to wanting a partner, then everyone's on the same point of view. Nobody was real. Then it's, it was then, also then just it means like, Charlotte's right. It's also I'm being a bit of a Charlotte right now because I'm like I also just liked that Samantha felt that way. I like I didn't need to, I didn't need it she to, didn't be, need to be proven wrong and taken I down a peg. I didn't need count a counter argument because the counter argument's already there yeah. and we all feel it every day. We're You're like so right. And I just wanted it to like I just wanted to sort of like sit in that feeling of like we're all okay whether we're in relationships, whether we're You're single. Right. Whether whether we have kids or whether we don't have kids, can't have kids, like we all have so much. You're right. If you're alive, you have a lot. And you're like, right. it's really hard to remember that. Literally, we're beaten down every day, told like not told, but we feel like, you know, our ego gets in the way and we always feel like and... it's not enough. We're not enough. And it's like, I just liked this one moment of Samantha being like, I have a shit ton and it's just bummed me out that we swung the other way with the sick storyline. I don't know. I don't know if the listeners are feeling this, but I feel very grateful to talk about this with you, Jamie, because you're actually really like deepening my understanding oh my of God, the show. That is so sweet. I feel like you're deepening my understanding, which is why we do this podcast. After the others leave, Carrie hangs around with Samantha to help straighten up. She also takes alone time to tell Samantha about her and Big. It's not an affair yet. And she's definitely not going to keep seeing him. That is definitely not what Carrie Bradshaw's <laughs> going to do. Definitely 100%. Don't even ask. And either way, Samantha supports her. Until Aiden says, I love you, it's not that big a deal. I guess, according to Samantha. After Samantha's, Carrie wakes up Aiden to have a guilty little sleepover. And in the morning, she helps him pack his truck as he's heading to Pennsylvania for a few days of furniture business. Carrie doesn't want him to go, but the chairs are calling. Samantha wakes up to a rude little surprise of her own. She's got the flu. After accidentally destroying her curtains trying to get them closed, she figures it's time to call in some help. She starts dialing every guy she's hooked up with lately, playing the odds that one of them will bring her some soup. That's really sad. I know. So also, up. soup is so sad. It's also just like, come over. Soup is the saddest food. I, I also think that's part of what makes her arc this this episode frustrating, is that like, her 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 solve for being sick is to call like 
all these just random people, these like, people it's, who, like just call mean, the girls exactly. <laughs> right yeah, yeah. yeah it's like she has a, a group of people who would come help Absolutely. her and like the the it that's what feels out of character it's like just calling up these randos yeah, like, <laughs> so i need like, a that's man not... to feed me soup yeah. it's like what no, yeah not. also you're samantha you got this you can like you're our girl who's the, got this use that delivery system that you oh love so God. much what the There's hell the was salt. all that for <laughs> yeah. by the way didn't you guys think that was going to be like a really gross product placement and then they didn't mention a website they just said food deli- they're like this amazing food delivery system it'd be wild if it was but they didn't 20 say years seam- ago but they didn't say <laughs> seamless or any or whatever it was at the time I thought that was really surprising. I was just yeah, like yeah. waiting for the product. I almost think they shot that with the name and the, and the deal fell through and then they didn't use the name. Yeah. That's what it felt like. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm, what flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Um, okay, so uh, over at Bergdorf's, Charlotte and Trey get to work picking out items for their wedding registry. Charlotte quickly finds an astronomically expensive plate that she just has to have. Trey gives in, and he also gives Charlotte his list of guests for their engagement party. Slipped into the handwritten bunch of names is a very legal-looking document. Trey, that old blue blood, wants Charlotte to sign a prenup. Well, this all looks pretty normal. Charlotte wasted no time having a lawyer look over the papers. Normal? We haven't even gotten married yet, and already we're talking about divorce. Sweetie, a lot of people do prenups these days. Marriage is supposed to be about... Love and happiness. And the merging and protection of assets. That is so unromantic. And necessary. 50% of marriages end in divorce. See, there it is again, divorce. I'm sure you'll live happily ever after, but I gotta tell you, I wouldn't get married without one of these to protect myself. See, I'm safe. I mean, what's he gonna take from me? Shoes? Wait a minute, maybe I do need one. Hmm. What? Okay, this is a little unusual. He has you on a vesting schedule. For every five years that you're married, you get a percentage of $500,000. I'm only worth $500,000? Over 30 years. Well, maybe that's your wholesale price. And if you have any boys, you'll get another hundred grand free in here. <gasps> well, how much for girls? Um, oh my God. Nada. <laughs> that's just bad business. I can't sign that. I can't marry someone knowing they feel this way. Listen, this is just their opening offer. It's totally standard to go back in and negotiate. Negotiate? I can't even buy stuff on sale. Talk to Trey. I'm sure his lawyers will be able to take care of all of this. Trey's lawyers will take care of it? I don't understand that piece of advice. The idea of a prenup to me is insanely unromantic, but here is an asterisk that's crazy to say. I've never dated somebody who is astronomically wealthy and... This sounds gross, but to put myself in their position, if you're the kind of person who people your whole life have been trying to trap for money, I could see you being yeah. anxious about it. I know that sounds disgusting. It doesn't sound disgusting. Um, what do you uh, think about it? Well, first first of all, before I forget, I just want to plug, there is an excellent episode of Tim Ferriss's podcast. I don't remember the name of the guest, but he's I believe he's a financial advisor and he had a prenup 
has a prenup with his wife mm-hmm. and talks in detail about how hard it was on their relationship when he oh. handed it to her. But he was independently wealthy before he met her. He built this whole business from the ground up. Like he had a Ultimately, lot was it good to lose. Yes. But the negotiation period was brutal. And I have to find out who it was. But it is the most interesting episode. I highly recommend everyone listen to it. Again, it's on Tim Ferriss's podcast. That was just a quick No, that's really interesting. Super interesting. It's a really, really interesting, like, juicy thing. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of a a quick little thing that happens in the episode. I mean, it's significant. But um, yeah, I mean, God, the whole thing about the I didn't even hear that the first time I watched this. The whole thing about like she, she gets extra money if she has boys. It's like. I mean, that's that part. Re- that was the other stuff. I was like, OK, yeah, like he's trying to protect his assets. But then I was like, hold on. This family's like fucking crazy. That was like next level to that, me. That feels like a weird like holdover from them being like a dynasty. Yes, family. Like absolutely. the Vanderbilt's like need a male heir. Oh, like. God. Um, yeah. But I get it. I mean, when I was getting married, I make more money than my husband. Did I you did think about a prenup. Absolutely. Well, actually, that's not true. I didn't think about it seriously it crossed my mind and then kind of fell away what stopped you from doing it um mostly just being like i don't know honestly i think i just kind of thought it was like i think i just, just stigmatized and i was like oh that's gross i can't go down that road and it's just probably like, better for i also don't know and i hadn't heard that podcast at the time so i had a lot of just preconceived ideas of what a prenup looks like and it's so nasty and it's like yeah, but then after listening to that podcast, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I definitely think that it can present a lot of problems, but it can also help in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, but I think that I think we need to be talking more about them, especially. Yeah, I mean, you know, people build their businesses from scratch and it's like literally their livelihood and they don't come from money and they made their own money. And then what do you do if you did all this work and then something doesn't work out? It's like it is a it's a bummer to talk about, but in so many ways, marriage is a business and it is a business agreement. It's a financial agreement and it sucks to think of it that way, but that is part of it. Like a lot of people get married for like tax breaks. Like there is an unromantic side to getting married that I feel like we're not allowed to acknowledge. And I think the more we start talking about it, the the better, the better everyone will be. I think that's really smart. I I think this is such an interesting and wonderful scene because I think the first reaction, and to be quite honest, I think the immature reaction is, oh my God, Trey's such an asshole. Poor Charlotte. Who would ever do that? I'm sure in my 20s, that's what I thought when I watched it. But I'm older now and I'm wiser now. And guess what? Charlotte is using him. Why is Charlotte, quote unquote, in love with him? Because he's White, educated, Irish, and very rich from a very rich family. So guess what? The money is a huge part of why she wants to to marry him. So him knowing that, let's just be fucking honest here. Oh, you think it's unromantic that we want to prune up? Why do you love me? Why do you love Trey? Because he can buy you a $13,000 plate. Yeah. So it's like... She's fucking, it's two to tango here. Like, uh, that's so well she's put. not her own. She's not independently wealthy who fell in love with Trey. She's somebody who wants a comfortable life and knows he can give it to her. That's a, that's 80% of her being in love with him. Well, so, I am so, I love everything you're saying. And it's so true that Charlotte is like, 
She's like, I just happened to fall in love with like no, a don't. guy who has all the money. You don't happen to. It's like if Trey it's were poor, calculated. this would never have happened. She doesn't even consider guys like that. No, they don't exist to her. Well, I mean, that's the thing that that's a reason why I feel very neutral. I mean, I think the stuff that's inside of the prenup, I think paying more for yeah. boys is sick. But taking yes. that out of it. The notion of a prenup. I think in this case, it makes perfect horrifying. sense. Yeah. And also. This guy's from like a dynasty. He makes like, I mean. I think making a prenup if you made $200,000 a year is like, ha ha, relax, bitch. But if you're a multimillionaire and people have been dating you for your money your whole life, yeah, I'd fucking have a prenup. Yeah, and clearly this is like a family thing that's been passed down. But also, I think I would be insecure if I were Angelina Jolie or Gwen Stefani or Scarlett Johansson and I was dating a regular civilian who made $60,000 a year, I would get a fucking prenup. Yeah. Like, if you're astronomically wealthy... Yeah, and I mean... Because then you know, this person wants to be with me for me. It's not about my money. Because somebody who wouldn't want to sign a prenup would be like, wait, why don't you want to sign it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is It is interesting. I think it's also the reason it's such a sticky topic is because we all kind of lie to ourselves about what marriage is. So true. We all want it to be fairy tale to a degree. Yes, to a degree. To- no, I agree. Of course. We all want it to be like, and then we found love and happily ever after and all this like ever after talk. And it's like, okay, absolutely. That's the ideal. The reality is that there is an element of business. There is an element of like, it's almost like you guys are starting a business together. Like you truly become a team. Yeah. Health insurance. It's like, yeah. It's like, mortgage. yeah, it's a company. We're a small company. We're a family business. That's really interesting. So it's like, it is a little, I get, I like Charlotte's viewpoint. And I'm really glad we have Miranda, the lawyer here to be like, this all seems pretty standard. That's what I like too. And I love that Miranda's like, I'd get a prenup. Like it's actually a pretty progressive conversation because I do think for me, at least when I saw this episode for the first time, I didn't know what a prenup was. And this is also, you know, before Kanye had his We Want Prenup song. Um, Did he get one with Kim? Oh, I'm sure. They're both so wealthy that I don't know. No, but he had a, didn't he have a lyric in his songs? It's like, we we want want prenups. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant. I just didn't know what it meant. So yeah, now I know. And, but at the time I didn't know. So this was like kind of an educational storyline for me because I was like, oh, that's a thing. I didn't realize, Um, you know, I was like, whatever, in my early 20s or something. But um, yeah, I just... uh, I thought it was a pretty, pretty smart conversation. And I do think it's interesting how, yeah, Charlotte is like fully in denial in a way. And also she's being in denial with her close friends, which I I, I feel like if this show were to come out today, there would be this conversation. But I think it would be a little more like Charlotte, like, come on, like you, you definitely are into Trey, at least partially for his wealth. You just are. And it's okay. But like, let's but just then, be honest about it. But then it. don't be weird that, yes. he's, that he's, it's like, let's just call a spade a spade. Let's call a spade a spade. It's also an interesting conversation when Charlotte brings stuff like this up. And there are certain episodes, I think this one really stands out, where there's a part of you that's like, how are these three women friends with Charlotte? I'm I sorry. To- I mean, but like, I don't totally get it. Why is she friends with them? Also, it it also goes into think. Okay, so remember, I think it was like last uh, last episode of this podcast or the podcast episode before, where I was like, oh, I hate how Carrie condescends to Charlotte. It's always like, oh, sweetie, that's you know, oh, you're being a little goofy, sweetie. Like everything, sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. But Charlotte is kind of like a little sweetie. She's a bit of a baby. Where she's just like, I don't understand. The world's so big and scary. And it's just like, Charlotte, like, you live in Manhattan. Like, you fuck people. You are smart. You went to college. Like, what is, 
why are you so daunted by life in this way? Like, where have you been? You don't live under a rock. You live in fucking New York City where everything's happening. Totally. It's bizarre. Yeah, I I agree. I also just wanted to say, just to give Charlotte the littlest, or some level of credit in this scene anyway, is uh, the way that Trey actually- slips it? Yeah. Absolutely. That's nuts. Like, I I would get- No, you're absolutely right. Freaked out and upset over that. so weird. Yeah, but their entire relationship is bullshit. It's just, you look like a bar you look like Ken you're rich you're pretty we should get married they don't talk openly about anything no. I mean what does even it's being in love mean to for that I don't even know it's mostly just like we spend time together you look like what I should be yes with. yes and but another yeah. thing about that Charlotte how is she friends with them uh, as writers all of us uh-huh. if you were pitching a show now and you had four people that were extremely polar opposites and you were trying to sell it to a show the network executives would say, how did these people meet and how are they friends? Because we actually never know. Are these college friends? How do they meet? Because the truth is, in almost every episode, the three gals are kind of on the same page, edgy and cool. And then there's Charlotte. And then there's this one. And in reality, if this were real, obviously we're total nerds on this show and we're just like talking about it as if it's real. But in reality... Charlotte wouldn't want to hang out with them. She'd want to hang out with a bunch of girls named Bunny and Ashley and Taryn. And she wouldn't want to hang out with them. And in reality, I don't think they'd really want to hang out with her. Well, two things on that. I agree. Everything you're saying is spot on. I... The first part of this is that Charlotte is not really this person. Charlotte is doing an act. It's an affectation. She is hornier than she wants to be. She is more free thinking than she wants to be. She's an artist. She works in an art gallery. She is conflicted. She wishes she was a type of person. I had a friend in high school who was sort of like this, where she was like very sort of like whimsical arts, but she really cared about like looking a certain way and like dressing preppy and like kind of like having this like. I don't know. She she wished that she wasn't sort of the quirky, funny person that she was. Hmm. She kind of wanted to be like more straight laced and like marry for money and stuff like that. That's interesting. Yeah. So and you're saying they're friends because at her core, at she her core, is she's like not them. like that. And also, that's interesting. She plays. I thought we were really treating them like real people. Yeah. I think she plays not in this scenario. I think she's genuinely like I don't understand. It's so romantic. Like she has that id part of her where it's just kind of like instinctive and like ouchie, it hurts, but. I do think that the reason they are friends with her is because it sort of feels good to have like a Barbie that you can like brush their hair. Like she's a little she's a little like their baby doll. And I think that it boosts their ego to have a friend who's like kind of a doofus. That's interesting. And I think that a lot of friend groups have like this is the harsh version, but a lot of friend groups have the villain, which is like the person she is the villain. you love, but like if you didn't love them, you'd hate them. Yeah, you know I what think I mean? That's a very good I think read. that's Charlotte. Like she got in there on the ground floor. They've been friends a long time. But if they weren't friends a long time, they'd probably like get be like, we gotta get rid of this girl. If I didn't love her, I'd be done. This conversation is making me want to write a fanfic pilot episode of how they meet and how they became friends. That's great. Because how the fuck are these people friends? They lay it out in the pilot but it wasn't no, they clear. Don't. They they just introduced them, you know. But it yeah, they, no. they're just they don't, friends. They don't explain it. Do Guys, they explain it? Not really. Not no. really. There's so little backstory. If anyone is even nerdier than we are about tell sex us how the they city, met, tell us how they met. Or if you're just really creative. Oh my god! Wait, the Carrie the Carrie Diaries explains how they met. So you have to watch a different series. Okay, but let's all do this. Let's all not watch the Carrie Diaries and DM us what, like, what, what in you your think. imagination, what you want their yes. meet cute to be. Yes, yes, yes. But I know that they do show it in the Carrie Diaries, if for anyone who's interested. Um, How is 
the justification in the Carrie Diaries satisfying. It, like, it wasn't because I can't remember. Okay. I didn't watch it. Right as Miranda's finishing up her prenup speech to Charlotte, she stopped by George, another lawyer in town from Chicago, who I recognize as being a dad in a bunch of indie films. I think he was a dad in, in eighth, eighth grade. grade. Yeah. So it's it's amazing how every actor has been on Sex and the City. And Mrs. Fletcher. Yes. George and Miranda know each other from the law, and they have a date for later that evening. Back at Samantha's, none of her cold calls to exes has landed her anyone to come cure her flu. Carrie, meanwhile, kills some Aiden-free free time by organizing her place and not calling big. Once she's run out of surfaces to polish and fridges to defrost, she dips into her hidden cigarette stash and calls big anyway. She can't stop thinking about when they slept together, and she wants closure. Or at least that's what she starts out wanting. What she ends up getting is right back into bed with Big. Affair confirmed. Surprise to no one. Miranda and George's date goes so well that they end up making out outside her apartment. She wants him to come in, but he has to catch a flight to Chicago. George calls her the next night and they talk for hours. Before hanging up, they switch gears to good old-fashioned phone sex, which I have to say... Of everyone on the show, the hottest sex scenes are always with Miranda. Even her jerking it's off true. to this was hot. She, it's always hot. She she's very she's very good at sex acting. She is. Yeah, she's excellent at it. Um, Carrie's still keeping her and Big a secret, and Aiden still doesn't suspect a thing. In fact, his trip has been clarifying. He loves Carrie. When he tells her, her big guilt keeps her from giving it right back. It's a messy situation, and she eventually manages to tell him she loves him, too. Then, all out of guise, Samantha calls Carrie. She stops by and makes Sam a truly atrocious-sounding Fanta and cough syrup cocktail. And three days later, Sam's alive again. Even just watching that scene is heartwarming, because it's like, when you're sick, especially if you're single, like you don't want to ask anything of your friends. Yeah. And it's really nice that yeah, it that, was that, great. that happened. Samantha goes to Charlotte's engagement party with Carrie and Miranda. The trio scan the room, which is jammed with wasps. Charlotte happily among them. Only Charlotte hasn't signed the prenup yet. She corners Trey's mom, Bunny, for some negotiating. Charlotte thinks Bunny's lowballing her and ends up wrestling an extra half a million out of her before signing. Samantha, Carrie, and Miranda duck away from all the Upper West Side hobnobbers without Charlotte. The core fours becoming the core three. The next week, while she's in bed with Aiden, Carrie gets a call. It's big. He's downstairs. Carrie grabs Aiden's dog, Pete, for a quick excuse to get out of there. I told Aiden I was taking Pete for a walk, and he believed me, which only made it worse. Don't ever call me at home again. Walk. You know, you can't just decide you want to see me and boom, I'm there. Is this his dog? Yes. You know what your problem is? You want it all. You want the girl you screw me and the girl you go home to, her. That's bullshit. I just want you. I can't do this anymore. Sleep with two people at the same time. I'm going to tell her tonight. What? what? No. No, no. You, married men don't just leave the way. I have a man who loves me, and you have a wife who loves you. Don't talk about him and her like it's you and me. You have no right to do this. You can't just come back into my life and fuck it all up. Well, I think there are two people doing the fucking here, Carrie. Also, she's wearing red high heels, short shorts, 
uh, you know, your average walking a clothes. crop top that's like basically see through giant curly blonde hair and hoops. It's like, damn bitch. Yeah. If you're going to um, walk a dog. I mean, do you think she's hot, Skylar? Oh, she looks. Yeah, she. I mean, they're also scenes, especially in this season where she like looks she's incredible. Insane. She's she's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, she's beautiful. What do you think about this scene? Um. Well, I guess a starting place would be you. You sort of hear about people having these affairs, and then like no one ends up leaving their partner. Like everyone just kind of stays in their thing, or someone finds out. Um, so I do think it's interesting that the big. And I know I I want to be clear. This is sort of the portrayal like in TV and film is that like the guy will never leave his wife. Right. That's kind of the thing you hear. But Big seems to be serious about like wanting to leave his wife. Like, I don't know. Do you think he's do you think he really was going to call it off? Like tell Natasha it's a really good question. Very good question. And you're right. That is sort of what kind we of a see. flip. It's a I bit of a flip. Something we've talked about a lot and I think we're really getting to now is Carrie and Big are not that different. He's the villain, but she is an equal partner in this. And in the first two seasons, he kind of comes out looking worse. But all throughout, we are kind of getting hints that like Carrie's not the best partner either. No. And I think... This is maybe a roundabout way of answering your question of they're both kind of hedging. I think they're both people that will never be happy. And that's mm. such a hard, like such a horrible thing to say about people. But they're people that get what they want all the time. Absolutely. And aren't happy. He's married. He already had Carrie. She already had. It's just like they're kind of people that just don't know how to be happy. And so I think they're both talking a big game about like. What's going to happen next? But yeah, it's almost cosplay for two well-adjusted people. Yeah. Like they're acting, they're acting like it could just be you and me. It's like, you didn't want that when you had that. You're not that person. You really wish you, you're putting on a play right now. Like that's not really what you're like programmed to do big. Well, I'll reveal something that hopefully doesn't make me look too bad. But when I was in my twenties in New York, I um, had this really, close friendship with a guy who we both liked each other but he had a girlfriend mm -hmm. and we made out once mm -hmm. when he had a girlfriend and I knew he had a girlfriend mm -hmm. so shame on me um and then eventually they broke up and then he became my boyfriend and he wasn't a great boyfriend which mm. like should have been a sign to me because a lot of the reason that their relationship didn't work was the same stuff that we were gonna have mm -hmm. and so all all that is to say is if you do end up having an affair, which lots of people do, you're not a monster. Um, obviously, it's not like our highest selves, but yeah, we do sure. what we do. Um, but if it does happen, I think it is a bit of a fantasy. You know, it's hard to say. Some people fall, you know, some people have affairs when they're married and then the, they end up marrying I, that I, person I, having kids. I have a it, friend that happened. Yeah. So they, there's no yeah, rules, kind they of. They were married, they got divorced, and then the wife ended up just being with that guy. And then they had like three a kids happy together life. and they're still together. Right. So I guess there's really no there's always thing. an exception. But yeah. yeah, I think with these particular people, you kind of get a sense that everything's a fantasy and they're never really going to be happy. It doesn't really matter what combination of people they're with. Um, I think I still like Carrie as a character and I still have a lot of empathy for her. Mm -hmm. 
But we have heard people say, oh, Carrie's selfish. She's a bitch. I don't like her. She's entitled. And maybe this is these are the kinds of scenes that turn people off. But just like people that didn't like Larry David or Lena Dunham, I guess I have a bit more. Uh, I don't know. I think I have a lot of compassion for people that hurt themselves and other people because I just think it's very human. And if we all take a good look at ourselves, oh, I don't yeah. think we're that different than no, these people. No, So I think. This doesn't make me dislike Carrie. It's just like she's a fucking human and like human beings. She makes a lot of mistakes. There is one. Yeah, there's something about I don't know what it is, but I kind of like big in this scene, which is very rare. Yeah, but there is something nice about how it's not it's not discrediting or sorry. It's not discounting how bad he's been in the past. I want to be clear. I'm not like, oh, I'm on his team now. No, um, but I do like that he's like, let's face the facts here. Like, we're both in this sticky, shitty situation. Yeah, you're not an innocent And stop bystander. playing it like you're this That you're so virgin. happy in your relationship. Yeah, yeah, no. And also, like, wake up. Like, you're, you're having an affair for a reason. And I like that he is... It, I guess it's because he's never really vulnerable. And this is kind of the first time I'm seeing him be like, Hey, I'm unhappy. Like even that for big is kind of big. Yeah, it's big. I mean, it's big of big to I think be like that. That they're both toxic, but I do think there is more at this point in Carrie's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I think she is a better match for with big than Aiden because I don't think she is at the point in her life where she can accept stable love. No, she's not. And also, if she were to get back with big. She'll never fully trust him because if you've both cheated on people, well, who's to say that you're not going to cheat on each other at some point? So there is a bit of a thrill, I'm sure, not conscious, but subconscious. There's that added layer of thrill for the two of them because they are they are so not secure for each other. Like they are not each other's safety net. No. And I think that Carrie needs that kind of like, she needs to not feel secure to like be happy or because something. Because she's not ready to be in right. a real relationship. I don't mean to be happy, but to think she's happy. Like she needs to kind of, she needs things to be off balance for her to feel normal. Like her normal is not normal. Yeah, they're a better match. She's bored when things are good. Yeah, clearly if hypothetically, forget us having seen the rest of the show or series, hypothetically, if Aiden, if her and Big decided, you know what, let's tell our partners and be together you know that relationship's going to be a fucking disaster. Totally. It's just, it can't be good. No. So anyway, after Carrie and Biggs will they, won't they blow up a, both of their relationships, they both run after Pete. Neither manages to catch him, and Carrie spends the next three hours on the hunt. Oh my God, it was so tense. I know. Things wrap up with Miranda and George having one last sexy phone sesh, which is going great until he has to jump off the line. When he comes back, he's lost where they were, and that's where Miranda gets it. George is having phone sex with all sorts of women. So many can't keep them straight. That was such a funny twist. Great job, writers. George and Miranda are through. After she still hasn't found Pete, Carrie gives up. She's just going to have to tell Aiden she lost his dog. When she gets back home to break the bad news, somehow Pete's already there. Aiden is suspicious, however. Carrie doesn't walk Pete, and she smells all wrong. He's figured it out. She's cheating. Not on him, as far as he knows, but on their pledge to quit smoking. Ah, that was things, a good twist. Yeah, I did not amazing. see that coming. Yeah. It was so things, well written. So well yeah. written. Things wrap up with Aiden still not knowing the truth about Carrie and Big. And this brings us to 
the question of the episode. Since birth, modern women have been told we can do and be anything we want. Be an astronaut, the head of an internet company, a stay-at-home mom. There aren't any rules anymore and the choices are endless and apparently they can all be delivered right to your door. But is it possible that we've gotten so spoiled by choices that we've become unable to make one? That a part of us knows that once you choose something, one man, one great apartment, one amazing job, another option goes away. Are we a generation of women who can't choose just one from column A? Did we all have too much to handle or was Samantha right? Can we have it all? You know what? Listening to this, this is, I would say that question summarizes Carrie's feeling about life in general. I think she's, she is, and I relate to it. There is this feeling of like when you make a choice and you're like, okay, this is kind of how my life is going to go. I've chosen this person. I've chosen this job, whatever, da, da, da. Everything sort of like the groundwork has been laid. There is a part of you that's always like, did I make the right choice? Also, like in Carrie's case, it's like she's young. She's fabulous. She's in New York. Like sort of the world is her oyster. And then she's really grappling with this like conflict within herself of like feeling the need to do certain things whether it's like for societal pressure or like she's feeling some kind of biological pressure because she's getting older. She kind of wishes she like fit into the stability box a little more. But really, she's a bit of a dreamer. And I think that those two things can be at odds. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because human beings are inherently at odds because we all thrive. Well, maybe there's an asterisk there, but generally people thrive with structure and routine like Mm -hmm. people like to have a home people like to know what they're doing but there's another part of us that craves novelty and newness so i think to a degree everybody has a bit of a push-pull just a human of course um but what do you think about the question of like do you feel like you can have it all do you feel like you have it all where do you feel about this with this question i think every yeah i do think people can have it all i do think a lot of it is how you sort of Oh, this sounds, I don't know if I'm just like cares. quoting okay. spiritual things that I've read, but I do think there's a level of like, you're the one who limits yourself. I think that's true. And I think that part of those limiting beliefs are because it is sort of comfy and cozy to think that there's a cap on what you can achieve, whether that's within yourself or outwardly in your career, or in your dating life or marital life, whatever it is. I think that it's not, it's, it's fun to believe that things are finite because it feels like it's easier to compartmentalize. Um, But I do think that I'm not, I don't necessarily mean like the sky's the limit, you know, like obviously you have to prioritize things because there's only so many things that you would want to be able to handle at one time. But I do think that I do think that you can have it all. I guess I feel like you have it all mm, in a a lot of days. I do. Yeah. A lot of days I do today. Today. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of days I definitely am very, very grateful. And this kind of, this kind of does tie into gratitude because what does having it all really mean? Because if you start to be like, well, it means that you have a great job and a great, this it's like, well, then that's your mentality is that you have to have certain things to have it all. So you have to, in a way, create your belief system of what having it all means. And that really has to come from within. It can't be all of these sort of like, I'm saying material meaning material and emotional or external external. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that I really think that this is a thinly veiled way of approaching gratitude, calling it, having it all. That's really cool. I love that. I think that that's how I feel. 
I like that. I'm taking a strong stance that I think I believe in. No, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think it is. I think it has to come from within. Because even if it's like you have... You could have it all and be miserable. That's the thing. It right. really does. I mean, like, I mean, I always go back to this thing of like Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Right. Robin Williams killed himself. Like there are these people who if you if you looked at their life, you'd yeah, be Marilyn like, Monroe what were you herself. missing? Yeah. Britney Spears went to a mental. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's no, like, I, I agree. Think this has to come from within. I think what. OK, I'm going to take Jamie's. Um, By the way, I'm not trying to minimize mental illness in saying that. I hope it didn't. I hope. Stop. Okay. 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 I just want to be clear. No. Yeah. You did not. Okay. I love what you said, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna raise, raise, raise raise me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna go into my Buddhist thing. Please. I think about this a lot. I personally, Rose Cerno, somebody who has a lot of anxiety, who has depression. I think having it all is having peace of mind. And feeling good inside. Totally. If you have that, you can be sitting in a shitty apartment and feel good. My uh, Josh Corda, as always, my uh, Buddhist counselor says, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be stressed out and depressed on a beach in Hawaii and you could be happy cleaning your house. So it's all true. in your head. It's so all true. in your head. And so can you have it all? I agree with Jamie. It's not about... Husband, kid, you can have all that stuff and be fucking miserable. Absolutely. Can you have it all is, can you love yourself and be, have peace of mind? Because then no matter what you have, you have it all. You know, so it's a weird fucking trick. I, 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 yeah. And I I think this is a great, oof, this is a great question. I like this convo we're having. I love this episode and I love, I love this episode of our podcast and I love this episode of Sex and the City. And who else, what else do you love? And I love Anyone else in this room? Yeah. Skylar and Brett. Um, Brett is our silent partner. He's like, I'm not going to say that. He's over there on the soundboard. Um, but. Oh man, what was I going to say? Oh, I had a shit. point. No, 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 it's okay. It. I feel like it was just kind of peace of mind. You can be in Hawaii. Oh, you can be at home. I. I don't know. This is going to sound weird, but I. I. When I think back on like moments in my life when I've caught myself really feeling happy and satisfied, randomly is when I am driving, and like it's nice out. And I know that sounds so like no, simple. There have been a couple times where I'm like driving and I'm like, wow, the sky's like really beautiful. And then in that moment, even if it's just for like 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, everything's fine. Everything is just fine. And I don't mean fine. Like it's fine. I mean, like it's good. It's actually good. So yeah, I think that, and that's just driving. It's like just moving down the highway, sometimes in traffic, even I've, I've had those moments. Well, just to so, do a little sharing about this peace of mind stuff, because I've been having a lot of like generalized, like leaf in the wind. Who am I? What am I doing? Sure. Kind of feeling yeah. that I think I've like lower level had like forever. But I've been during the week. I'm sort of just it's too crazy. Mm-hmm. But Saturday and Sunday are both days where I meditate in the morning and journal mm. and exercise. Nice. If I could figure out a way to do that every single day, it'd be great. But even just having two days a week where I like. I write in my journal for 20 minutes. I just feel, I meditate and just, yeah, I did a meditation this morning called like accepting life as it is. Mm. And even that was just Acceptance like. Acceptance meditations are amazing. Yeah. Cause even, even just to be like, guess what? I feel a little lost. I feel a little lonely right now. And that's how I feel. And guess what? As soon as you say that, you get a little Takes lighter. the power away from those emotions. Because oh, you're like, okay, I'm allowed to feel that yep, way. And totally. I don't have to change it. And I'm just going to let it be. And then it'll move on when it needs yep. to move on. Yeah. When I, the first time I ever did meditation about like resisting thoughts, I was like, oh yeah, all of our pain comes from resisting feeling the way we feel. If you say, it doesn't mean that you don't feel those things, but like what you were just saying when you're like, I feel a little happy or like I feel a little 
blue, I feel a little anxious. And once you say that, it does. It doesn't mean that you don't feel those things throughout the day. You're but not you're not it. starting from a place of like, oh, I wish I didn't feel anxious. It's like that's when you feel like shit is when you try to fight your natural state of how you feel. Like it makes it so much worse. And so, yeah, big fan of medi- uh, acceptance meditations. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. OK, guys, this brings us to our final uh, segment of the episode. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, I hope I haven't uh, shouted out. That's probably not the correct grammar. You can keep it in. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I hope I haven't used this before. And if I have, I'm going to double dip and double down. Oh, okay. Uh, the Daily Podcast, the New York Times podcast. That's, I think, besides our podcast, my favorite podcast. Love that. Um, it's a great podcast. Yeah. I have the New York Times app on my phone and I read um, articles when I poop mostly, but like sure. I don't really like read otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so I really get my news from The Daily and they're covering the impeachment mm-hmm. and I'm learning so much. And there was a really fascinating episode recently about fracking mm. and how there's a couple of swing states. Basically, three states are going to determine the election. Um, and all of those states could go either Democrat or Republican mm-hmm. and it would literally choose who becomes president. And it really made me realize, like, listen, as a liberal, all of my priorities are like, uh, civil rights, human rights, women's rights, environment. But there's also such a thing, and this is something that Republicans think, which is like reality and business. And these states like Pennsylvania and there was a couple others, possibly Wisconsin, they need fracking for their economy. Like in Pennsylvania, there's like hundreds of thousands of jobs where like men who are our dad's age. Yeah. That's the only skill they have. They're coal right, miners, whatever. Right. And they're union guys and they want to vote democratic but elizabeth warren and bernie literally say like as soon as i'm president like there will be no fracking yeah and yes i am deeply concerned about climate change but also when you hear these guys who are our dad's age with families being like well if they got rid of fracking i would as a 60 year old not have a job yes yes and so biden is the only candidate that's literally like i'm not gonna immediately take away fracking and this is this is all covered on the daily. And it's just really interesting because I know for myself as like a diehard liberal, I like to see things in black and white, but there are families that need jobs that are just like people, just like us who want to feed their kids and take, you know, be able to pay for their lives. And, uh, it's, it's really tricky. The world is so fucking tricky. So if you want to get educated and listen to a podcast while you're cleaning and driving and they're whatever, also pretty short episodes, yeah, no? they're 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, you want to stay current and understanding what's going on in the world. So that's my shout out. That's great. What, what are you horny for Jamie? Um, I'm going to be horny for myself in that I'm going to plug my book. Good one. Um, because we're getting into the episode or we're start, well, we're kind of in it. Um, the episodes where Charlotte is getting married, to Trey. So I feel like it sort of applies um, to some of the things we're talking about. But I wrote a book while I was getting married called Ridiculous, W-E-D-D-I-C-U-L-O-U-S. I wrote it with the very talented Jacqueline Novak. And um, it's a book about just the honest experience of what it was like for me to get married, which honestly was just complete hell. Um, I feel like my wedding planning process hazed me, hazed my relationship. There was a lot of fighting. There was family drama. And I felt like all the resources out there for new brides just were not 
really accurate. They were really bullshitty. It was really like kind of selling the fantasy of getting married and not being honest about how hard it is. And so, yeah, this is a book about that. And it's great for anyone who's getting engaged or knows someone who's getting engaged. Um, or if you just have sort of like complicated thoughts about weddings and marriage, I think this will speak to you as well. So, yeah, I'm horny for my own book. I love that. I'm horny for uh Guys, let's all plug ourselves every day. Yeah. Believe in yourself. You work hard. You're smart. You earned it. I love you, Jamie Lee. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.